Digital Marketing Radio episode 263. Why traditional and digital media marketing opportunities are converging and how to take advantage. Digital Marketing Radio with David Bain. Hi, I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, the show for in-house, agency and entrepreneurial marketers who want to stay on top of the latest tools, tactics and trends as shared on DMR by today's modern marketing masters. Have you written off traditional media? Perhaps you've been focusing in on online traffic and not really considering that offline could be just as valuable. Joining me to discuss that on episode 263 of Digital Marketing Radio is a man who taught advanced digital marketing, innovation management and strategic economics at Harvard University. He's the former head of growth at HubSpot Labs and the current CEO and co-founder of OneScreen, a pandemic-produced startup set on overhauling the archaic out-of-home advertising industry. Welcome to DMR, Sam Marlikajunan. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Uh, great to have you on here. So you can find Sam over at onescreen.ai. So, Sam, is it a mistake for a digital marketer to specialize on just the one channel nowadays? It is. Uh and it was a mistake that I made for a long time. Like, I wish I had known about out of home when I was at HubSpot. Uh, I would have wrapped a bunch of ice cream trucks and just driven them around Salesforce's conference instead of all the weird, like, Twitter stuff I had to do. Um, it's it's ironic because, you know, I remember when I was director of marketing for University of South Florida, they wouldn't let me buy Facebook ads because it wasn't an approved marketing expense. Like, you know, we do real marketing here. Uh, but they would let me buy, like bus ads now it's almost flipped right it's like uh people can buy facebook ads all day long uh but they they don't think even think or actually have the ability or permission uh or authority to do things like uh like out of home um but especially as digital internet i'll call them internet channels have become ridiculously competitive Right. Uh, as well as, you know, the trend towards privacy taking away a lot of the functionality that made Facebook, Google, et cetera, uh, really powerful. Um, we all need one. We're all tired of Internet advertising. Like I don't want to do another A-B test on a Facebook ad. Um, but two, we need a new channel for growth and acquisition. And there's a lot of a lot of leverage and a lot of opportunity in the things that we've uh blown off for the last 15 years. I remember 2008 or so working as, as, in-house, uh, as an in-house marketer. And what you're saying is absolutely spot on. I remember it was so easy to spend £10,000 on a magazine, but um, to get permission to spend £50 on some online trial was, um, it was so challenging and so many hoops had to be jumped through to, to do that. Do you think all digital marketers should be aware of more traditional offline opportunities? Uh, should every marketer be doing this or is it just a case of um, um, a, a few doing this? And um, it's, it's, it's quite right for, for a few just to focus on digital. So everyone should be aware of it. I think something happened to the brains of marketers over the last 10 years where we went from trying to like figure out new things and have new channels to uh, we're just trying to like optimize the things that we know and trust and understand and are easy. Um, part of that is the just the pressure from like the CFO and CEO. We went from being marketers went from being seen as the team that sits in the corner playing with crowns to ha having to draw like a direct line from every dollar out to like a dollar in revenue back in. Uh, and that's really easy to do through, through some of those channels. 
Um, but it's, it's something everybody should be aware of because we need, we should always as marketers be exploring new mediums, new, new acquisition channels. Uh, it gives us a competitive edge, you know, if you figure it out for your competitors, uh, in terms of who it's appropriate for any given medium for, for out of home, at least we have not yet found any brand where it's completely inappropriate. Um, there are people who it's better for like B2B account-based marketers, uh, you know, or B2C is a lot of what people think about. Um, but we haven't yet found anybody where it's like, there's nothing you can do in out of home because it's, uh, it's something that your competitors, I almost guarantee you are not doing. So, so what are the reasons why do you think that people aren't trying uh, out of home offline type marketing opportunities nowadays? Is it, is it cost? Is it um, perception that it's, um, it takes a long time to create and actually action some kind of campaign or other reasons? Um, I think there's a, a little bit of both in there. One is we just don't think about it. Like I, prior to this, I bought billboards twice in my career and once was just to piss off a competitor. <laughs> uh, we, we don't think about offline media. We we're, it's also, there's a lack of education. Um, it's a, ter- it's a terrible name for a category because it defines mm. itself by what it isn't. So, right. So it has billboards and mass transit. Um, but it also has like ads in bars and restaurants. It has the ripe wrapped ice cream trucks. Uh, you know, I live in Florida right now, so there's a plane flying over trailing a message behind it. Like it's so, it's so big and hard to ingest and understand, um, that, you know, there's just like a cognitive load there and, and people don't know like what's possible. Um, and then the other thing is it is, has historically been very, very hard. Um, part of that's because, you know, it's very fragmented. So Florida's got 16,000 billboards owned by 813 different companies. So if I gave you exactly as good analytics as you have on Facebook and Google, but it takes you six weeks of calling 40 different companies to launch a campaign, you're still not going to do it. Um, and then the other part is, you know, marketers have to get comfortable with a little bit more uncertainty uh, in terms of the analytics. Again, like the pendulum swung way too far. Uh, we went from measuring nothing to having to measure absolutely everything. And we, we like the click. Uh, there's a middle ground there where you can combine the, the art with the data science. So it's, and it's actually, I think there's a misconception about the cost on a CPM basis. It's one of the cheapest, it's far cheaper than internet advertising. Um, and in terms of how much budget you have to spend or how much something individually costs, I mean, as long as you're not doing Times Square in New York City, um, it's 50% of the inventory goes unsold every month. So it's surprisingly cost effective. Wow. Wow. So I'm just thinking about giving someone the opportunity to perhaps test out of home advertising. How much time does it take between inception and actually getting a campaign up and running and what's a reasonable initial budget to test something out yeah we generally push people towards doing smaller campaigns in the beginning unless you've done out of home before so you have a baseline of data um you know so we'll have people like pick one city one area one target audience uh and then you know, see the data that comes through measure. Did somebody drive past your billboard? Did they then go visit your website? Uh, or that did they then go to like a location that you're trying to drive them to, et cetera, using that, that third party mobile app data that we've used on mobile advertising for five years, uh, but has never been pointed at out of home. 
Um, so we just, we tell people to start small. Usually it's something like, uh, 15, between 10 and $50,000, uh, a budget. And you want to run it for like four weeks or so, so that you get statistical significance. Mm -hmm. Uh, we get these people coming to us and they're like, you know, they want to do these like $2 million campaigns. But if you don't have a baseline of data, you don't have an intelligent way of, of planning it. So not only should you, you know, can you start with a rel with a much smaller budget? You really should, unless you know what you're doing. And what kind of initial call to action is worthwhile considering? Are we only talking about brand and brand uplift? Um, or are there much more intelligent ways to measure the success of this? There's much more intelligent ways. You can definitely manage and measure brand uplift, but that we've been able to do for a long time. Being able to track things like app downloads, website visitation, or you know, did do targets ads lead to an increase in people actually going to target that were exposed to it? Um, there's good analytics out there uh, in terms of you know being able to uh, to, to track those conversions. Um, and like BetMGM is our biggest customer and there's, it's, they're solving for like a cost per account creation, right? So you can absolutely solve for brand awareness, but it is, it can also be an acquisition channel. You can drive leads, you can drive e-commerce sales, you can drive retail sales. Uh, and then you can measure that on an ongoing basis and improve your campaign over time, see which billboards actually do work. Uh, and then, you know, double down on those learnings. And at what stage in the customer buying journey does out of home actually fit best? Are we talking about general awareness to begin with, or is it possible to do some form of remarketing to people that have already heard of you in some way? So another common misconception is that out of home is mostly for big brands like McDonald's or Pepsi. Um, but there's really good data on this from Northeastern University. Out of home favors what we call challenger brands. So startups, for example, were really popular with startups because your biggest challenge is nobody knows who you are, right? So being able to create that reach, create awareness, drive an increase in Google search volume, and then you can have your uh, Google AdWords be more effective. Um, the understanding who your target customer is, if you're account-based marketing, right? Like we can park an LED truck across the street from the, the office you're trying to sell to with a photo of the sales rep saying like, hi, I'm Jim. I'm going to call you next week. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's this, you can do that. Um, but once, if you can define who you want to reach and what's the outcome you want to drive, you can use it throughout the entire funnel. Um, it can be used to definitely drive like brand awareness. Uh, it can be used for direct response acquisition uh, and they can also work in synergy together. So like retargeting people on Facebook after they saw your Facebook ad uh, has a ridiculous increase in the the yield that you get from your Facebook ads because nobody's impressed that you can buy Facebook ads. There's a, there's a trust issue there. Uh, but if somebody sees you on a billboard, because historically it's been really hard and people think it's expensive, et cetera, it creates a lot of trust. So the, the, it can also work with the other channels uh, further down the funnel. Okay. Okay. So I mean, obviously there are lots of different advertising techniques and channels as, as, as part of out of home. Um, you've got your ice cream truck wraps that you talked about earlier on, but also you mentioned digital as well as part of the mix. Um, so how good and instant is the analytics for the, the digital part of this? So if you have a digital billboard, for example, um, is it possible to see analytics of, um, 
how many people have um, passed by the um, digital poster, if you, if you can call it that, um, how many people have perhaps scanned a QR code, um, what, what, what kind of analytics is available? Yeah, QR codes you can get, but f- from an analytics perspective, um, the the Im- universal like adoption of mobile devices has been really good for uh, for offline media. Uh, because you can count the number of cell phones, for example, that are going past uh, a, a given billboard. You could buy that third-party data from, I think we have 48 different data partners uh, that we're getting data from. Um, and then there's, so you, you can get really good, pretty granular data in terms of website visitation um, and, and, you know, any, any one of those metrics. Uh, I will, it's not 100%, but... I tell the team all the time, you don't have to outrun your, the bear. You just have to outrun your buddy, right? Like you need enough information that you can uh, optimize the campaigns over time. So you have that feedback loop of knowledge and then you can improve the campaigns. Uh, but again, the the dirty secret of out of home is that it is actually, even if you can only measure 10% of the revenue lift, like for BetMGM, we probably only actually detected 20 Ten percent of the value that they got, it's still an ROI positive channel because it's it's relatively inexpensive to deploy. You mentioned MGM a couple of times. Are you able to share any specific examples of um, specific campaigns of brands, perhaps um, of brands using your own service or other brands that you've seen out there um, integrating out of home? into their overall marketing mix, integrating it really effectively with digital, um, what style of campaign it was and, and how it actually integrated with digital? Yeah, my, my favorite story is um, uh, a company called Segment. They worked with one of our supply side partners, uh, Rapify, which does wrapped cars uh, on account-based marketing, selling to the, to specific businesses. Uh, and they, they ended up uh, they stopped spending money with Rapify because they had converted all of their accounts. It's the like, wow. it's the most satisfying and simultaneously frustrating reason uh, to uh, that you could ever have to lose a customer. Um, it is part of what makes out of home a challenge, though. Is just it, it's overwhelming. Like the internet is small. It's confined to you know a flat surface with just these two screens, either a mobile device or a desktop or a laptop. Uh, it's a very sort of controlled environment for marketers. We understand it. Um, out of home, people people don't know what's possible. Um, and that's the, the problem we're trying to solve, right, is you should be able to say, here's the per- audience I'm trying to reach. Here's the outcome I want to drive. And then we should be able to say, here are the things that, that are re- relevant to that. Um, the I mean I, I like MGM as an example because they were literally solving for cost per account creation, and that's you know the brand marketers need to get better about using data, and performance marketers need to get more comfortable with uh, you know not using data. less precise <laughs> data. Yeah, not not using data, but like yeah, like people like people like me ruined the profession of marketing. Right, <laughs> we spent so much time telling everybody that they have to measure everything, mm. uh, and marketing is a social science. Right, it's yeah. economics. It's social science. It's not. This isn't physics, um, and so we've got to get a lot more comfortable with the fact that we're not going to be able to measure everything perfectly. But you know, I, I told you earlier, this is the most fun I personally have had doing uh, marketing since they invented paid social ads. Um, it's just there's a huge breadth of things that can be overwhelming for marketers. So the the analytics are quite good. The biggest uh, issue is the friction and fragmentation. 
So there's just, there's, well, until we're done building it, there's never been a way to like buy from 40 different media owners all mm. in one click. Uh, and then there's never been that sort of feedback loop of data to say, you know, f- for MGM in one of the cities we ran, billboards did really great for them. Uh, in another city, Salt Lake, uh, place-based ads inside sports bars actually outperformed the billboards. Um, and, you know, that's an interesting insight by itself. But what's most interesting is that we know that, that that insight exists and that you can be the best at getting better. I'm just thinking about how a marketer would combine the data, I guess, that you could potentially provide them with um, more 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 digital data, um, something like Google Analytics or maybe Google Data Studio to actually uh, see the value of one against the other. If someone was actually wanting to compare Facebook advertising against some form of uh, out-of-home advertising, would something like Google Data Studio be a good way of doing this? You could if you wanted to look at just like lifted traffic uh, or something like that. But I I would suggest um, working with a company like, for example, our favorite data partner is Accretive Media, uh, and get a pixel set up on your website. So you're getting that conversion data. Um, and then you can, one, do, like do a Facebook in one city and out of home, and then do Facebook in another city, but not out of home. Okay. Or you can actually do a holdout test where um, you measure the effectiveness of your Facebook ads for people who were exposed to the billboards or whatever you're doing. And then the effectiveness for people who aren't. So like we saw a 50% decrease in cost per click by retargeting people after they drove past our billboard. Um, but we were able to compare that Facebook ads campaign to people who weren't exposed. Is it worthwhile having a specific URL on a billboard um, to measure call to action for that particular medium, giving a special offer and asking people to go to your domain.com slash billboard or, or whatever, or will most people end up just going to your homepage? It's not so measurable like that. Yes. I mean, out of home media is, uh, again, especially depending on what you're doing, if you're doing billboards, you've got a little bit of their attention for a few seconds. If you're doing, uh, ads in the backs of Ubers, you have kind of a captive audience. You have their undivided attention for the 20, 30 minute Uber ride. Um, so d- not all mediums are created equal in terms of what they're useful for or, or what they're, what they're good for. Um, and th- that's, that's again, part of the challenge is helping people understand like what medium is appropriate for which type of, of marketing activity or marketing campaign. Is it ever going to be the case for some sectors that um, it's worthwhile just focusing on out of home? Or is it likely that a mix is always going to be best between offline and, di- and, and digital? I mean, I, th- I think a mix is always going to be best. The The issue with the internet channels, because there's there's digital out of home, which is, you know, technically digital. So I, I call them online and offline, uh, you know, for, so for online ad- advertising, um, We've gotten really good at it, right? So like, Mm. do your AdWords, do your Facebook, um, but understand that it is a strategic risk to your business to be really dependent on one channel. One, there could be like big changes to it, you know, like the privacy regulations that uh, make them less effective. Uh, But two, your competitors are probably also really good at it. You know, marketing, just think about SEO, right? Uh, in 2006, I got a website, a cigar website to rank for the term health insurance just because I was bored. Uh, like marketing used to be kind of easy. Now, like 
every company has SEO, they have PPC, like that competition has, uh, has made it so that those are kind of table stakes. It's not, it's not a differentiator. It's, it's something you have to do. Uh, the offline media is the opportunity to be ahead of your, uh, your competition, your customers. Um, can you do just offline? Absolutely. Uh, again, depending on who you are, if you're an account-based marketer, I'm telling you, like wrap the ice cream truck, park it, park it across from the, their office. Right. Mm. Uh, or if you have, if you're trying to get somebody to physically go somewhere, um, out of home advertising is better at that than, uh, than online advertising because offline advertising has context. So my favorite story, we've got an advertiser who's a liquor store in Boston, and there are 3% of people who go to the liquor store and then go to work. So where their mobile device spends eight hours a day, super interested to find out who those people are, but in general, right? Like, uh, out of home, lets you say, uh, don't show ads to people when they're on their way to work. Uh, you know, Facebook and Google don't have that kind of, you know, granularity. Uh, so the context of what's going on around you matters. And we know that intuitively, but the internet doesn't generally let you control for that. Wrap the ice cream truck and park outside their work. I, I love that as well. It's just a, it used to be probably more common sense thinking in marketing, but um, it's so out of the box thinking when it compares with what so many digital marketers are doing nowadays. It's incredible. Um, Sam, let's um, segue to part two of our discussion. It's now time for your thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So moving on to secret software. So Sam, share a lesser known Martic tool that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment and why that tool is important for you. Uh, so I, I won't say HubSpot because that's the obvious answer. I worked there for eight years and I have a free subscription. Uh, so that's, that's kind of cheating. Uh, if you haven't checked out HubSpot though, you should, it is ridiculously powerful. Um, it's, it's, it's really easy to use. It powers the majority of our MarTech stack. Um, from an ad tech perspective, specifically as a subset of MarTech, there's some really interesting things. Um, for example, Keely.io, which just rebranded to reclaim, which, uh, literally pays people to share their data instead of like stealing it, right? You can put the app on your phone and they'll send you money for, you know, sharing your location data and connecting your credit card or whatever. Uh, and you get ridiculously good depth of data on your existing customers or on competing co uh, competitor customers, et cetera. Uh, Cause it turns out that when you pay people for their data, instead of stealing it, you get much more accurate data and much more of it that you can use. So if you haven't checked, if you're, uh, especially if you're doing any digital advertising, uh, either online or offline, I would definitely check out the folks at, uh, Keely.io. How do you spell Keely.io? K-I-L-L-I.io. They just rebranded to reclaim with a K instead of a C. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you should. If you have Google anything close to it, you'll you'll find them. There's yeah, Brian. The domain's actually reclaimyours.com, and um, the K oh. is, um, is is instead of um, the, the the C in uh, reclaim, of course, as you're saying. Um, it's 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 perhaps a bit challenging to say an audio form or a video form, but um, I'll make sure the link to that is in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. But let's move on from something that you currently use to something that you're going to use. So that is next on the list. So what's one marketing activity or tool that you haven't tried yet, but you want to test soon? I really want to try more of the account-based marketing tools. There's good stuff out there, you know, like Terminus and, and some of these other ones. Um, one 
it's a perfect fit for us, right? Because we're marketers marketing to marketers about marketing, right? Uh, two, uh, we're way more popular with account-based marketers, as you and I have talked about, uh, than we had expected. And I think the like account-based marketing platforms used in in synergy with the offline marketing, I think are going to be ridiculously powerful. Because um, like if you if you want to sell to HubSpot, I can tell you the roads their employees take to go to and from work, and it's not the major highways that you'd think. I can tell you what bars and restaurants they go to, where you can buy ads inside the bars and restaurants. Um, and so if you com- combine that with the you know metadata.io and and terminus and some of these really cool uh, ABM tools, um, that's gonna be really powerful. So anybody listening, if you have a favorite ABM tool, like send me a tweet. Uh, or something, so I so I know what to, what to what to check out because that's a it's a it's a big category and it's one that I want I've never really done before and I want to learn more about it. Is this type of targeting going to be available for out of home advertising in the future? I'm thinking you, you mentioned HubSpot and you know the roads to um, HubSpot for employees. Uh, what about you know uh, other companies that you want to target or employees of certain companies? Obviously. Um, it's fairly easy to know where the office is. It should be fairly easy to know which routes employees take to go there. Um, is it possible now or will it be possible in the near future to just target um, out-of-home advertising along those those routes, for example? Yeah. G- give, me a, give me an address or a pair of lat, lat long coordinates. And the, uh, so you're a proper SEO nerd like me. I'll, I'll explain kind of how our, our platform works. We ripped off Google's PageRank concept. Uh, and if, if you think of two spots on a map, like two websites, and a mobile device observed at each as an inbound link, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to sell to people who work at hospitals in Pittsburgh, there's yes. 54 billboards. 18 of them have the most inbound links to people who also work inside the hospitals. Uh, and nine of them, if you want if you want to reach doctors and administrators, nine of them also over-index for people who live in like high-income neighborhoods. Right. So it's that's how we look at my co-founders hate it when I use things like geospatial intelligence, but like the literal physical buyer's journey, how somebody moves about their day. Um, and any two, any two points on a map, you can understand the relationship between that point on a map and any other point on a map. Oh, I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk saying things like, billboard advertising is dead because people just stare at the screen in front of them nowadays. Um, how many people actually look at billboards nowadays and, and act on what's on them? I think and, and there's an interesting phenomenon where COVID created and the lockdowns created uh, an overdose of digital saturation. We're actually tired of it. Uh, I know some e-commerce companies where who who think of the reopenings as actually a strategic threat because going to Petco is now an outing. Uh, you know, people want to get out of home. We've been staring at Zoom screens and TV screens and our cell phones uh, so much that the overexposure has actually made us more interested in, in looking up. Um, it, so I, I definitely, there's, there's no way that, that you can say that that kind of stuff is dead, that people are looking down at their screen all the time. Um, people are definitely, the, the real world is much bigger, right? Like the, inter- the internet that you have to reach me is a tenth of a percent of the reality that I actually experience on any given day. Uh, so, and the, there's other things too, like, the newer, younger generations, they like out of home or offline advertising better because mm-hmm. they don't want you to interrupt their TikTok or their Snapchat experience. Um, you know, they, that, that isn't compelling to them. 
Um, but if you can, if you walk past a beautiful painted mural, and yes, you can do that through our marketplace as well. Uh, you know that has a different impact on you. So it's I, people staring down at their phones all day is what Google and Facebook want to have happen. It's the internal mission of our team is actually like to save the real world is kind of what we talk about. Like we want to make the real world useful by making it easy for brands to create compelling experiences the way that we do online. That's a good answer because in thinking about it, obviously over the last couple of years or so, people have been getting zoomed out. Um, they've been having so many online meetings, they just want to get away from their computers. So um, if they're traveling again, they're probably less likely to be able to be looking at their little devices than than, than they were before. Um, let's move on to the next stage, which is... The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rows here. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion, so use it wisely. Are you ready? Let's do it. TikTok or Twitter? Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. YouTube or podcast? Podcasts. Traffic or leads? Leads. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Ads or influencers? Ads. Google ads or Facebook ads? Facebook ads. Email marketing or chat marketing? Email marketing. Martech Stack or all in one platform? All in one platform. One to one or scale? Scale. That was too easy. There's normally one answer that I guess just struggles with a little bit, but you were just so fluid and didn't seem to be second guessing yourself at all. Was there anything that you really had to think about there? Yeah, Facebook ads is another example of things that people just do poorly. Um, they try and take the same bottom of the funnel creative and copy and call to action that they would have uh, for anything else. And just like assume it's going to work on paid social media where they're, it's, they're earlier in their buyer's journey. Uh, the other thing is Facebook's machine learning is ridiculously good. Uh, and it's why I also said leads. I would actually not even say leads. I would say like opportunities. Uh, the further down the funnel you can track uh, the, the, and understand like what influence, what brought that person in, what influenced them to conversion, uh, the better you can train like Facebook's machine learning algorithm or just your own analytics. So, um, measure down funnel as much as possible, uh, and understand the relationship between the medium you're using to, to reach a, an audience and there's where they are in their buyer's journey. Great thoughts. Let's move on to the $10,000 question. If I were to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Um, it partially depends on my company. If I'm a B2B ABM company, again, buy their ice cream truck, park it across from their office. But I would spend it on a company called Blip Billboards. Um, they let you create like uh it's, it's basically an auction for billboards you can get a ridiculous amount of reach uh for a very low cost so you can do all of the cool offline things that billboards give you but it's a really easy to use interface and you get just ridiculous bang for your buck um so i would do if i had to do just one activity I, it would probably be do, spending money on blip billboards because that's going to make everything else work better anyways 
Superb. Well, to finish off, let's shift the focus to someone else who deserves it. So that is a magical marketer. So who's an up and coming marketer that you'd like to give a shout out to? What can we learn from them and where can we find them? Um, there's a woman named MK Gettler who was until recently the head of marketing for Alice uh, in Boston. Easily one of the top five marketers I've ever hired. She she worked with me at, at a previous company. Um, she is not only very talented and very organized and good at managing a marketing team. By the way, never take marketing advice from somebody who's never actually managed a marketing team, right? Like I get so annoyed when somebody goes up on stage and tell, tries to tell marketers what to do and they have no idea what they're talking about. But keeping an open mind. Um, I, I remember when she ran an experiment where it's like, we'll give you a $25 gift card if you take a demo of our uh, SaaS platform. I'm like, there's no way that's going to work. Uh, you know, people are just doing it for the gift card or whatever. Um, but it actually converted at exactly the same rate, and we were able to get a much uh, bigger increase. Um, so keep, keep somebody who's keeping an open mind to things beyond just, you know, the, the usual suspects in terms of marketing. Also, also just a great people manager. Follow her on LinkedIn. She just posts really insightful things about how to manage people, which matters. It's always mattered, but it matters now now more than it ever has in the past. This was episode 263 of Digital Marketing Radio, where Sam Malakajunan from One Screen shared some great advice about out-of-home advertising. Um, some people call it offline. It's perhaps not completely offline. It depends on how connected it is, but there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, one great example was, of course, um, just take an ice cream truck, wrap it, and then put it outside your prospective customer's office and just watch them <laughs> embrace your brand, or at least actually get the results back from them embracing your brand. Um, you talked about um, perhaps having a minimum budget of $10,000 K, $10, initially um, to get on going with things, but there are so many digital marketers out there just aren't taking advantage of this. They're glued on Facebook, they're glued on Google Ads, uh, perhaps just on SEO. But um, whatever your specialty is, consider the impact of offline and hopefully this conversation with Sam gave you a lot to think about. Um, now, Sam, your secret software was Reclaim Yours. Uh, your next on the list was account-based marketing tools and your magical marketer was MK Gettler. Uh, I will make sure that um, all the links to all the resources that you mentioned there are in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. Sam, what's the best social platform for someone to follow you and to say hi? Find me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Malakarjanon, and I know you can't spell that, but Google anything even close to that, and I'll come up. Okay, I, I nearly got the pronunciation of your surname right. Maybe not quite. It's uh, it's an interesting one, but uh, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the show again. I've been your host, David Bain. You can also find me producing podcasts and YouTube shows for B2B brands over at castingcred.com. Until we meet again, stay hungry, stay foolish, and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio.com